Radio Land. It's noon, it's high noon. What a great day. And oh, this is it. Alright, see that makes me crazy. That mic too, there's a ghost in the machine, man. Uh, hey, it's noon, it's high noon. We are gonna be zooming. Uh, all the way across the pond. I, I hate that I just said that. That makes me sound so old and weird and dumb. Uh, all right. So here we are. We're going to plug in, and it's uh, it, it's 421 just to timestamp the day. So I've been, if I'm slow for any reason or I forget how to read, that's edibles. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful... Day again. <laughs> I'm having trouble. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna play some more Cope and we're gonna be back with uh, the open mic and then the scratch and then it's CPCL, baby. High noon here on Mutiny Radio. Into the, the there we go. Hey, Aaron Gannon, host of CPCL, Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Andy Talbot's going to be here in the second hour, but right now you're listening live it's to Mutiny Radio. Us. There you We're go. I'm going to fix your sound, bring it all the way up. Out. There we go. There we go. Now I got you sound checked. All right. You're upside down. I'm upside down. Dang it. Again. How do I, these, I, there's just this craziness, man. The kids and the, the new zoom in and the, <laughs> oh man, there. Okay. This is the, the future is now and I'm living in the past. And usually it's the other way because now the camera's on the bottom, which is weird. Something it's happens. the other there, way. What? There's a ghost in the machine. I, I don't, every machine that exists in my life has a ghost in it. I should write. Uh, I'm, I'm actually convinced that my, the ghost of my grandmother's living in my, in my apartment in the bathroom because the light flickers. Oh, really? She keeps sending me dimes. Like, and then I'm like, I'm uh, obviously planting dimes for myself. But then I, then I think like, I don't know. <laughs> Did your grandmother like used to give you dimes? Uh, kind of, uh, but it just, she was just very frugal with money and, and sometimes they say that ghosts uh, give you money. Like that's a way to know that they, their presence. Oh, I've never heard that. No, that's I, so interesting. All right. I, I'm, I know. Well, I'm, I'm, gonna let, I'm, I'm crazy. I'm going to let all two of our, of our yeah, yeah. Uh, show in now. We've waited yeah. a while. 
I even bought wine for tonight. I know. I've got. I've got like. It's embarrassing. I, I have wine in a water bottle, and I, I and it's, it's, it was white wine, so it sort of looks like I've got a piss bottle, but I don't. It's just, it's, <laughs> here, I'll show you. It's, I'm, I'm a, I, lo- I love this time of year. I, I love springtime. I'm so glad that COVID's lifting. Like, you know, I just, I'm in a, I'm just in a joyous sort of room, room. I just saw the word room, and I said the word room. Dear God. Four twenty one, I'm bending it around. Hello. Um welcome all three of you to tonight's uh CPCL. So um first hour is supposed to be open mic. Um we did have an hour's worth of people sign up, but we have not had an hour of people's show up. So I don't know what we're gonna do. Andy's not going to be here until the second half. Um, I'm supposed to scratch. Uh, so I don't know necessarily what we're just going to wing this one. And I bought wine for today even. So I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm just going to like have you ask you guys to unmute yourselves since it's such a small group. We might as well like be able to banter. Um, hey. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Um, so yeah, I don't, I think there's, uh, I don't know how, if a couple of you are new, but our big rule is don't be a dick. Um, but obviously the other rules about time and, um, and space. Are time is a construct. And, the, and string <laughs> theory there's and the only fifth five dimension. Of us here anyway. So, um, yeah, but like this, so the scratch poetry thing is something new that we're trying. Um, so the second hour is going to be spent doing like sort of a close read of some of our, like the people who signed up basically for the first scratch cycle. It was myself and um, one of our regulars, John Wessick has something for us tonight. It'll be his first time. It'll be my second because I did like a test run. So um, so that if that will be in the second hour, maybe, or maybe I'll just go. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then, yeah. So, but um, I see that two of you are people who legit did sign up for the um, for the for the open mic, and I believe that one of you is the first person who is supposed to go. So let me just and, and we're streaming here. live on MutinyRadio.fm. So there is are, Anna and Mark actually were the first two to sign up. So you guys actually ours to go first. Anna's first and Marjorie is second. And yeah, and, and always remember that sorry go Pam. So you say oh, just you're that saying. you're streaming. Uh, although there's a, a small quorum of us together on the Zoom, you're live streaming through mutinyradio.fm. So the entire world could be listening to your wonderful poetry. <laughs> Precisely. So that's what you need to know. And like my to- my little tight ass time schedule that I labored over so we could do scratch and get as many open mics blown to shit. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're supposed to start at like 8.03. We have to get into the reading and then we got to time it seven minutes. So um, I guess basically, Anna, if you want, go, to, you know, seven minutes, whatever, 10, 11, I don't care. 
I'll carry people go to sleep. <laughs> we'll be doing longer bits of people's work later in Scratch, so it won't be out of place. Maybe today we'll just be, we'll take everything at a slower pace and we'll just try to have a good time. Cool. That's how we roll. Rolling with the punches. Right. So anytime you're ready. Right, I shall start. <laughs> okay, cool. Right. Um, so you've got to guess who this poem's about. It's not going to be obvious. Right. So it's called Mendax, Blondide Mendax. Mendax found his calling at the age of 16. It was wanking. After all, he was a teen. With wank, worms against nuclear killers, he burrowed deep into the Pentagon. Maybe an understandable teenage aspiration to avert Armageddon. Tin hair still wispy, this man was a hacker. From a rackety theatrical background, certainly no slacker. His first computer was a Commodore 64. He quickly was center stage in hacking legends and lore. Before too long, the beans were being spilt. Beans with no end out of the biggest tin built. His middle name, Icarus, the firmament he ascended. The world applauded greatly and he was widely garlanded. Rolling Stones, rock star of the year of 2010. Odd, cause this wasn't the most relatable of men. His ego was enormous and personality marmite on steroids. His investigations went down with the establishment like septic hemorrhoids. The dirt was being dished like there was no tomorrow and other allies joined Wiki with hope to quell wars and sorrow. What was emerging was a picture viler than our mares. Light them all up, shouted from Apache helicopters. Two Reuters journalists vaporized in New Baghdad amongst a number of civilians, particularly murky footage amongst many more millions. Was Cablegate his Watergate? There was a turning of the tide and a previously fawning media suddenly joined the other side. Charges emerged from Sweden, which eventually went away. But frightened Mendax took refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy. Seven long years he held court in Mayfair and then the police came calling to take him somewhere safer. Every war in the past 50 years is the result of media lies. Sedition is unforgivable and led to his societal demise. Mingled with the great and good admired by Baywatch babes, Belmarsh is his current home after relentless crusades. Interred as a young man, he is now visibly fragile, threatened with 175 years in US prison. He's no longer mentally agile. We boycotted South Africa for banging up Mandela. Shall I drive round in a Ford Mondeo shouting a pumped up hailer, saying, wake up UK, this man is a prisoner of conscience. Our condemnation of injustices abroad are spouted in abundance. Now referred to in print as a high-tech terrorist. Spooks have told him 
he's fucked and there's an end to it. Every time we witness an injustice and do not act, we train our character to be passive. We lose all ability to defend ourselves and those we love. His words are massive. If justice is a real thing, shouldn't we all follow through and free a freedom seeker before the bad guys bang up you? Yes, it was Julian Assange. Yeah, he's. he's... <laughs> I couldn't understand. I saw like a re like. It was a year ago. I saw some talk show morning, like a UK morning show, and it was like Jeremy Corbyn, and they had him sitting next to freaking Pamela Anderson. And I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Poor Jeremy Corbyn sat next to Pamela fucking Anderson on this interview show. Like, I just felt so sorry for Jeremy Corbyn. Like, and then, and then finally, one of my friends was like, well, she's dating Julian Assange. And I was like, oh my God, blah. like seriously, like, so that's why apparently she's become... I think she's, I don't think... The... That's quite the, twic the trickster, isn't she? She's like... Well, I think she she has been a loyal friend to him, so I'll give her the benefit of the doubt for that. And I think I've I've been outside Belmarsh, and I think I spotted her looking very not glammed up. So, oh really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but recognisable still. So, <laughs> it must be very straight. I mean, like this, it really people always want to say that like, that you know, sex doesn't matter. But I mean. I I gotta tell you, like Pam Anderson dating Julian Assange, I'll like I'll tell you what, like men will do some fucking crazy shit for hot babes. You know what I mean? Like for serious, like I don't think she is dating him because he's got a wife. He's got um kids by this by his lawyer. So yeah. I think it. Was... I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Why is she sitting on? A, why is she sitting next to Jeremy Corbyn? I can't like I couldn't understand. Anyway, okay. Like Julian Assange, that's all. She you knows she's good. Good for her. Spokesperson. Uh, okay, well, so hi, Gaston. Okay, so I've got more. I've got more. Yes, yeah, let's go. Yes, right. Right. This is about this is about being uh being happy about being old older. It's called Envoy from the Crones. Monochrome, codochrome, pantone, superchrome. I'm confessing age is a blessing. Long in the tooth? Tell the truth. I'd refuse millions to rerun my youth. Forget the makeup and the tweezers too. Share my inner werewolf and my outer one too. Youth is overrated. Its benefits overstated. Cronehood is fine now the hormones have abated. Blotted my copybook so you can't see the mess. Tampons in landfill and moon cup useless. But fighting spirit is a fire nonetheless. Gormless worries about what everyone thought. Give me a break, youth. It counts for naught. Tiresomely, constantly doing the things you ought. I'm fitter than I was, and now the hormonal fug has gone. I'm master of my destiny and mistress second to none. You say I can't, and I say I can, and I will, fighting spirit on. The power of us oldies in a witchy-like way could make you callow young ones blush as we lead you astray. Rings around my trunk, 
unlikely to be drunk, older and wiser and still a bit of a punk. And the message of this upbeat dirge is, when it comes to oldies, desist from the purge. The human race needs crone power. We are not its scourge. <laughs> yeah. Right. You got some fans of those sentiments here, for sure. Oh, great, lovely. Right, I've got another one. Um, what was the other one? Right. This is called Made Up. Promise me you'll never wear paint, said Grandma. And I nodded. Maybe there were dark histories of war paint gone wrong amongst her 12 siblings. But the rot had already set in. I was 11 and had already fallen from gaudy charms of Woolworth's makeup counter, rimmel, silver blue eyeliner, enough to replicate a black eye between the 12 inch singles and the sickly temptations of the pick and mix, where every bite meant progress towards your next filling. My sister promised readily and sincerely, and for a couple of years, she braced and pebble glassed, was true to her word. But Debbie Harry sang Heart of Glass, and the siren call of Woolworths could not be resisted. Parallel Lines, our first album, a pool purchase, and after the dancing, lip gloss, scarlet blush, a pink eyeshadow, but faces scrubbed clean for grandma. Um, right, I've got something about um, Romanies and travellers, because um, basically they're coming down on them in, in the UK. You can't, you can't lead a traveller lifestyle legally. So this is called Poriemos, Fariemos and Samudaripan. Devouring, destruction and mass killing in Romani. Poriemos, Fariemos, Samudaripan. Poriemos, Fariemos, Samudaripan. Poriemos, Fariemos, Samudaripan. Echoes from history resound. Heinrich Himmler dreamt of a nature reserve, an ethnic reservation of pure blood Romanies, a few pretty ones to pet in a human zoo. But Martin Bormann was having none of that. Their triangles were brown and a passport to passing in horrible ways in terrible places. A quarter of Europe's travelers reaching a terminal destination over-punctually, by fiendish means, industrialised murder, living memory still, for a very few. So, when Ms Patel, secretary of a home, which we have seen become a hell after four decades of Tory misrule, called the travelling community criminal and violent, and has now made their way of life an imprisonable offence, I taste acrid smoke.
was supposed to be in my house, but I forgot to light incense. That was stupid. Well, I wrote this ages ago. Um, it's about a friend who, who who's no more, called my brother Monke. My brother Monke, you were and are much more Monke now. You little monkey for departing and parting from this temporal world and me. Who will speak the franglais? and wish me good morgen, who will spin my world till I see kaleidoscopically, who will put the pun back in fun. In a world of ciphers, the exhibition you made of yourself was worth seeing. You shook up the snow globe so violently, it's broken now, and there's a glittering scarring in my heart. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, so our next person to read is supposed to be Marjorie, but she seems to be like connecting to the audio constantly. So I'm not sure. Um, so I guess, Lisa, do you want to go next? Um. Yeah, I can go next. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, so recently I've been writing a lot of duplexes, um, which is a form created by Jericho Brown. Um, so I thought I would read a few of those, if that's okay with everyone. And then um, I just want to get this open too. Um, I recently had a poem published um, in Skirting Round, so I wanted to read that. So I'll start with that and then I'll move on to the duplexes. Um, so this is the pickup note. I want to slip into gender, how the mist sneaks silently into the docks at night, or the cold latches onto the wind. I want to rip at the seams where the blouse don't fit, permit the fabric fall where they may. Um, yeah, so that can be found at Skirting Around, their first issue. Um, and then here's a duplex after Jericho Brown. Sirens fade into the distance on Farwell, a perennial hurt, trauma creeps a perennial hurt. <clears throat> Trauma creeps in the corners of this apartment, always cornered. My 50s apartment reminds me of his stained glass. Reminders of him stains glass 
shatters. The air is never still, instead shatters. The air is something to be still in, steady the past, a church bell meek tolls, slice the past, a bombastic thing, drops, spliced. Mistake a knife for a friend, chop onions. Mistake the knife for a friend, choppers, sirens fade into the distance on Farwell. Um, and then I recently have been in a kick of writing um, just some fun, like, Disney poems, I guess. So the first one is after Kim Possible, which is like this animated show that was on when I was growing up. Um, so here it is. <laughs> Can safety be found in a scowl? The day begins with a skewed laugh. Call me, beat me into a new mission each day to save the world. Run into familiar friends and enemies, a recurring cast of pandemic worries and joys. Remember, I can do anything. Imagine being wrapped in Shigo's arms, green and electric. A parched mouth laughs. Um, and then I've been like just, um, inspired by things in my apartment. So I refuse to do my laundry for some reason. So here's a poem about that. <laughs> so here it is. Um, my laundry pile is thick, like my hips. I dream the morning washes into being clean, lay in a pile of dried towels, hot. The smell of drying clothes waft through the studio. My body is mine, a wrinkled thing. Bodies awaken, unwrinkled. My only reprieve is in the silence, the whirring, the dreamy cycles <laughs> as morning returns. Um, and then let's see what I think. Do I have time for a few more poems or am I kind of going over? Go ahead. Okay. Um, so um, let's see. I've just been writing a lot. I don't know. I've been really, um, but I've also not been writing as much like since the winter. So it's like that weird, you know, in between. Um, here's a poem that was published in One Art Poetry. Um, and it's about the school I grew up in actually. Um, my elementary school, Memories of Burdick. Remember the concrete of the first day of public school, the new clothes, a dress or frilly top. Elementary school, you try to find your place, hugging the wall in the cafeteria line, the silence of the students and the chaos within. Sitting in groups, waiting to go home, every day so similar to the next. Walking down hallways you never forget. Milwaukee Public School, tap dancing and theater. 
You never could stretch even after months of trying your stubborn core. Band practice in the computer lab, failing home ec, sleepovers that you dread, sleepovers you couldn't live without, going to hockey games with your best friend. Remember pretending and failing to find what you crave to feel, the fitting of your own identity, mask your gender, mask your ADHD, mask the overwhelm in your stomach and go forward, no matter what, forward. Um, and then I'll just end with, um, uh, I'll end with something funny. How about that? I think that sounds, I think that sounds good. I've been watching a lot of Bob Ross. Um, so it's just like, oh, happy trees, you know, I just want to be a happy tree. Um, so I don't know if this is happy, but this is another one of my Disney poems. Um, and it's all about, well, it's not really a Disney poem. It's like, um, it's more of like finding your identity um, when you're looking back. So um, yeah, I probably just watched too much TV. Um, so here it is. Queer code my body in makeup and a sly smile, a feminine wrist, a villain in a Disney flick. The intern likewise in Bones was written a raw deal. The only gay character works with a serial cannibal. Thanks, Fox. The first character I had a crush on, my gay awakening, ruined in one foul swoop. That we are only things to fear, things to swat and turn flail. My body is coated in the poison mirrors into which we were forced to cram our imagination. Find yourself in the tentacles of Ursula, her purple manipulation. Tentacles wrap easily around your waist in the eyeliner of Jafar and his devious smile. Find your body in the jealous queen's cauldron before she transforms or in the sidekick of Belle's unsightly suitor. Queer coded and you are still alive. The harm isn't incidental to the character. We are seeking our own place in this world. You are not a monster, but you can dress like one. You can dress and you can hide your curves or flaunt them, transform the softness of you will not disappear. You are here. I see you. Keep this imagination. Um, yeah, so I'm Lisa Krofcheck. Thank you so much for letting me read a few of my poems. I really appreciate it. I can't understand why I have such trouble muting myself. Um, thanks for reading, Lisa. Um, those are great. I, I totally remember Kim Possible, or do I can't remember the years. And then you said Farwell, and I thought, holy shit, she's from Chicago. I'm like, I'm from Milwaukee, so yeah. Um, <laughs> so there, we must share a bunch of street names in the cities, that's, which makes sense, so that's so funny. Um, anyways, okay, so I guess next we'll go to Willie Gowans. Are you there, Willie? 
I'm, hi there, hi there. Hiya. How's it going? Yeah, fine, yeah. How are you? A little intimate group tonight, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got some poems for you. I'm uh, just in the process of publishing a, a little illustrated poetry group, uh, book called uh, Glimpses. Uh, so this is like a selection of poems that will appear in the publication, hopefully. Um, so my first poem is Growth, and it's um, my attempt at describing uh, the beginning, the middle, and the end of everything, hopefully. Um, growth. Growth. In the beginning, there was a spot, much smaller than a microdot. Then there was a bang, a really big bang. The universe starts with bosons and quarks expanding at a terrible rate. Galaxies form from the maelstrom. Stars and planets appear. From a miraculous spark, life did start bubbling in the primordial soup. With man, language began. Civilization soon to appear. The atom was smashed, more bosons with sparks. We even found the Higgs. To the moon we have been, no aliens seen. As we advance into deeper space, who knows place flight faster than light will usher us to the stars. What we might find will boggle the mind. The universe is vast, accelerating fast growth. Thank you. Now, uh, my next poem is uh, a tribute to the world. Gaia has the power. Gaia has the power. The blue skies, the temperature rise, the cold on a winter's day. From mud we came into this domain, so wild it was to start. Mountains so high, vast the sky. Winds howl, animals prowl, we need to survive. Evolution has taught something not sought, the ability of thought. Myths we tell, stories as well, to understand the world as we know it. To Gaia, I say, to her every day, thank you, thank you. Mother of our creation, Gaia is here, looking after herself. She may snuff us out. We have no thought for our fragile existence. Alone, we on our orb. Alone. Thank you. Uh, now, my next poem is, um, well, a bit about existentialism, maybe. Who are we? Who are we? Who are we? Are we here? Who are we? Solid. Earth beneath our feet. Air. Pliant water. Fire. Never burns alone. Man and beast. 
coexist in an existential way. But does it exist as the solipsists insist? It's all in the mind. There is none of our kind. It's all inside. Quintessence is the essence. Matter, that's a fact. Bind space and time, mind, body, and soul. Thank you. Um, next one is, um, this is uh, to entice people to maybe write a bit of poetry. So I hope you're all writing poetry. It's uh, give it a go. Give it a go. What is poetry for? To help us open the door, to explore. Experience poetry raw, straight from the maw. Words hard to find, so deep they bind. But words can be found to explore and expound. Flowers and fairs, love and affairs, the conscious stream of rap. Quantum is thought. It transpires from naught. Poetry says in so many ways, physical force, mental resource. Thank you. And um, I'll read another one here. Uh, here's looking at you. Here's looking at you. Do you think you would know you? If passing in the street, could the shock of meeting knock you off your feet? I look at you, you look at me, ourselves we cannot see. We are made to look ahead, ignoring of the sun. Stare, if you dare, so intimate, without the sense of touch. The power of the mind knows what's behind when all eyes are on you, the ego and id behind the eyes are hid. Ineffable deep sparkle you seek from the stars we came. Um, do you want some more or what's what? Oh, sorry. We have to break at yep. 40, so we should probably let Marjorie go. Yep. But thank, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, everybody. You. Thank you. Glad to see you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. The light, actually. Here. I'm just going to read three Hi, very short. Oh, no, I did unmute. Yes, I'm you did. Gonna... <laughs> You're fine. I can hear you. We can hear oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to read three very short um, or relatively short pieces. Um, okay. They fit on a postcard size, the type text. So um, I tend to write about activities of daily living, um, and, but some people tell me that what happens to me might not happen to others. Uh, but anyway, so here goes. Breakfast together, poach eggs at the pancake house. I ordered one poached egg and got two. I reminded the waitress that I'd only ordered one. She replied, you can eat both. I'll only charge you for what you ordered. 
I wasn't sure that I wanted two, so I served myself one and left the other waiting, thinking in its little serving bowl. It wasn't long before the waitress returned and asked me for the second egg. I hadn't made up my mind yet, but I let her grab it anyway. She stepped back slightly and slurped it down right out of the bowl in one fell swoop. <laughs> Florida, that was Florida. <laughs> I, I live in Spain, by the way, and I've lived here for about um, 30 some years. And um, I'm originally from Ohio in the United States, Cincinnati. <laughs> WKRP. Sorry. What? WKRP. Uh, right. <laughs> but I was gone from there by the time that program happened, oh, actually. Wow. So I don't really know it very well. Um, My dad's from Akron. So that's like what I know. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, difficult task. Just before he exited, in a rush, the professor instructed each and every one of us to turn to the person on our right and talk to them. We were sitting in a circle and it was he who had seated us that way. I don't know if you all visualized it or not, but think if you're in a circle and you turn, everybody turns to their right to talk to the next person. Kind of a difficult task, right? <laughs> and the third one. Uh, this one's, uh, that one was in Spain, uh, in Alcala de Henares. And this one is in Andalusia, where I used to live in Tarifa. People, fish, names, and games. We are out to eat at this, a seaside chiringuito, a little restaurant on the beach. There are four of us, three Spaniards and me. We are in Spain. The menu is in Spanish. A large black bar, blackboard on the wall lists the catch of the day. Reading the menu, I come to a one word I don't know, the name for a particular kind of fish. I have never heard of it before. I turn to the lady on my left, point to the unknown word and ask her in Spanish, kind of fish is that? She turns to the Spanish guy on her left, her son, points to the word and asks him, what kind of fish is that? He turns to the Spanish gentleman on his left, his father, points to the word and asks him, what kind of fish is that? The father says, no lo sé, I don't know. That brings it full circle back to me. I pass on my turn. That brings it back to her. She takes charge, takes control, calls to the waitress, and then all the while pointing at me and then to the word on the board and then back to me again, she says, she's American and doesn't know what that is. What is it? The waitress doesn't know either. <laughs> it was on the ocean. <laughs> so that gives you a little sample of what I do. 
How they love to make us stupid. What? <laughs> How they love to make us stupid. <laughs> I had a butcher try to charge me 20, like 20 pounds for four pounds of mince, like ground beef the other day. Yeah, that's like $35 for four pounds of ground beef. I, and then they looked at me like I was the one that was like being a freak show. But I was like, no, I don't think I'm not going to pay you that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I want to support local business, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm not giving you 20 pounds. Right. Yeah. Well, this person had a problem with acknowledging not knowing something. Right. Of course. She's <laughs> right. Of course. Um. <sighs> <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes I feel like I get, I annoy people when I like, especially like living in the UK where I'm like, I don't know who that is. Instead of like trying to pretend or try to figure it out in context, I just am like straight up like, I don't know. I, I've never heard of that. Or what's that word? Like, I just don't bother because there's like, you know what I mean? But I feel like sometimes they think I'm at like deliberately, like, but I'm just like, no, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying I don't know either. It's weird. Like, so... Boy, you know, I, I asked damned for, if you I, do, damned if you don't, kind of almost. I asked for like directions in the UK, and I just don't understand what the hell they're talking. Go past the bollards and under the flyover. It's like, <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about landmarks. Um, so, Pam, did you want to close us out? Hey, sure. Uh, Brad. Um, I. Um, all right, cool. I have three. We. I'm every. I'm all over the map right now. Like my. I've been writing jokes. I've been writing the weirdest poems. So, okay. Anyway, too much context. I don't like the I don't like the title of this one. So, if anyone has an idea for a title, I'd sure love it. But right now, it's called "You Can't Kidnap the Willing." Claws tickled her palm, leading her down a path in the forest. Just a little further, it said, tugging her hand, gently leading. You are an angel, and she believed, even with bramble tears on her cheeks. But the sun was shadow on dirt now, and she forgot the sweater her mother packed, the apple, the lunchbox, and the reminder about strangers and bears. Just a little further. Under this memory, behind this story, farther still, through the thicket, over the puddle of expectations, farther, into the places no one talks about, where bears eat fingers one by one and save the heart for last. Okay. So there's that. I'm going to admit a person to the thing here. Okay. Uh, here is another one. Uh, this I, Again, I hate titling, and this one's called Private Eyes, and I don't like the title, so if anyone has any title suggestions, dear God, help me. <clears throat> Who dares to think they are watching? I am the goddamn riffraff, parading around nude, open windows, and four-storied neighbors. You slip quarters into the slot to roll up the door where shame doesn't exist. Don't be virtuous with a dick in your hand. Or pretend this hasn't happened before. We have all seen your face. Switch into another drink, slip off those hard-earned shoes, and watch the sky glow to neon. 
the blinking tits against deep purple light every mistake on the sidewalk. Don't put your head in your hands as if you hold the weight of this whole city. Some supernatural cog jerked from time, the lonely hero thinking about his poor sister in Colorado. I am the sugar on this hot night. All my lips are parted and moist. Yes, press against the glass. I will hide in a splinter of beautiful light and pretend my business is private. This last one is about suicide. Uh, it's called, so it might be triggering to people, uh, and I don't mean to make light of it, I'm sorry, uh, but I make light of everything. Uh, Paul is late due to a horrible accident on the bridge. That's the title. I like the title of this one. <laughs> she was Myra Glitz girl. Her contact is splatter is now. Spit across space, it's magic. She's saved. Which shade of brightness calls when you enter the water? Where do you start and what ripple will you rest on? Out of the invisibility came brilliance, behind the clouds whimsy. And thus has it always been, so what? You can start a poem anywhere, even on a bridge. Not every moment can be precious. She wasn't wearing any pants. I never thought I'd see the end of the earth. I never thought I'd see. Afraid of humor, afraid of tragedy. Those gray and dark tones within. See the possibility of the event. Keep your eyes to the horizon and jump. Okay, that's my stuff today. Ah, it's all over the map. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no idea what's happening <laughs> anywhere. Hannah wrote a bunch of checks <laughs> this week too, but that Hannah wrote a song this week. I've been writing a lot. I've been, I've just been torturing myself and being super inspired. And baking. And baking. And baking like a and baking a lot of weed and eating a lot of weed food, and partying way too hard and pretending I'm 25. I'm just trying to prove myself to 25. I'm like, I'm 46, but I'm not 46. I still can do fun things. <laughs> Well, there is a certain amount of expertise that we have gained over the years that the 25-year-olds just do not have, so. I know that, that crone poem really got to me earlier. And I have a quick question for Lisa. Did you watch Lab Rats? No, I haven't. Where is that? Because Lab Rats was a Disney show that was around the time of Kim Possible, except it was a live-action thing. And so I was wondering, because I nannied people about your – so I watched so much – I watched so many Dis that Disney stuff, like it's. But there was a show called Lab Rats, with House Bark. Oh my goodness, that must have not. That must have been like directed towards like masculine children, um, or something. Yeah, they were. Um, they were little superheroes, but they were biologically created in a lab by House Sparks, by this by this young. It hits all my fetishes because it's like a rich young guy who like loves children but has all this money and he creates these children and then they have to snow the whole. Anyways, it's insane. But I was just wondering if you'd watched that because I got to open for that guy a couple weeks ago in, during comedy and I was just like, I was like, you're my favorite Disney dad of all time. <laughs> anyway. Oh my God, I just Googled it and I think you unlocked a memory. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, wait, before, before you can miserate further, I, we're now officially on 10-minute break, so we'll come okay. back at nine. I'm just gonna go find my phone and I'll be back. Okay, but, yeah. I'm gonna un- I'm gonna unplug Eddie's us. Soldiers. I'm gonna unplug us so that uh, we have conversations. They they won't necessarily be on the radio. Okay, yay. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna bring this back. Radio listening audience, that was the first half of CPCL for today. We're gonna come back with scratch poetry. I'm gonna. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two people's paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Let's 
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary, for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento. At and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside mutinyradio.fm here at 21st and Florida, 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF at 20th in Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. St. Valentine's Day Mascara streaming live on Facebook Sunday, February 14th 11 a.m. An International Affair hosted by Ms. Noir. Do you crave a carnal comfort? Are you longing for some lecherous lines? Is it seduction from a sultry song that you're sick of? Or would you rather be ravaged by a villain and drive? Care to venture a little voyeuristic versification with this lyrical libertine? Or could this wanton words with me be looking appetite for an allegorical adulterating? Why not slake your literary lustings in a personal one-on-one? St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. 14th of February 2021. 11am PST. Facebook Live. A date for everyone. Hosted by Ms. Noir. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, 
who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission a leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. L-S-D, fap, acid and fapping, fapping and acid, acid, fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. What is flat black plastic what could it be it's exactly what you think it is flat black plastic vinyl records round played mixed all for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. My name is Breakfast. And I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. 
It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. All right, we are back. We are back. Hello. We are back with CPCL, the second half, and it's time for Scratch Poetry. And we have host Erin Gannon is going to be sharing her work. We're going to be doing some in-depth. Ah, look, I can turn that around if I want to, but I don't. So for those of you who may not have been here for the last couple episodes, we have decided to start doing this thing where we, and anyone can sign up for this. Just email me and let me know. Um, I think the second scratch is full, the second cycle. Lisa is one of our second cycle scratchers. Um, but yeah, email me and let me know if you're interested in having this and doing the scratch process with your own poetry. Um, so we're in the middle of a thing that I've been doing about the neighborhood I used to live in and that Pam still lives in actually called the Tenderloin in San Francisco. This street uh, that this bar here in this photo, which is closed now, was featured in the New York Times a couple of years ago as the most, the dirtiest street in the United States. <laughs> uh, some, several of the pictures that were used were taken by a man who uh, features in this series, who was my old building manager. Um, and they are in the form of, a hi of haiku, which was a matter of some discussion last time, but we're going to power through. I did not revise because um, I want you guys to have it as it is, and then I'm going to revise. And then part of the scratch process is at some future dates, um, each cycles people will go, or whoever, whenever anybody's ready to share their revised work and use the suggestions that they've been given in the scratch process, they can we can show the development of the work based on the suggestions that we are given here in CPCL. So last, the last time we did this, we left off at this photo, which like, yeah, I know all those people. Um, I'm not sure why I'm not there. Um, so this is called jogging. By now the scene is familiar, disease, vermin, piss at every step. Wailing and tweaking, panhandling, drooling, passed out. God forbid I sing or dance while jogging, because that would be crazy. Over the hills and far away opens my arms like Jesus to my wounded sidewalk friends. And there's another picture of the street. Glares from sundry kill that buzz. Who am I hurting? No one, open heart, beats into contempt. The who, I am not of you. No smiles, no quarter. Don't hold me closer. I am the tiny dancer, and this day is crumbling. There's another picture of the tenderloin. The TF. Chucky's doing heroin. Well, she's all fucked up, her and her black eye. Also, her battered, dead mother. Chucky's shooting smack. Why didn't she start before? She waited so long. Crack pipe corner shit. Blowjobs, that was it, mostly. We compared bruises. 
I redid Chucky's resume. She got her own place off the street, house proud. We redid her hair, blonde streaks in a jaunty bob. She'd bop down the road, work in her new do. Goodwill completed the look. She almost did it. Chucky's fingernails were bloody from climbing. She was almost there. One more violent dick, two, three, four. Beat down, kicked out, she almost made it. We live what we know, like you, like me, like fucking both of us. Why do men hit girls? Who could stand this pain? It would end this way, you knew. I knew too, somewhere, below those placid pools where I wasn't, where I wasn't judging you. Safe travels, girlfriend. And here is a picture of Chucky. Oh my God. Wait, have I frozen? I feel like I have frozen. You're okay. I, okay, all right. All right, that's Chucky. Anyways, she's still alive. Summer Snowflake. Wouldn't it be cool if I had no past at all? If I could crawl out from under the sturdy blanket and just walk away, she has arisen, the scripture would say, if there was one about me. But I can't stay here. This town will take me. Wouldn't it be cool if he'd never seen my face? He knew where to hurt me, so he wore me bone tired down, barely breathing. And every last one of them, not worth the time they took. Fuck, not worth the time. Circles spin heavy around Ellis and Hyde. It's a trap. I won't stay. It's time to let go. Wouldn't it be cool if I thought I could let go? And three dead pigeons at my motorcycle's wheels. What is this voodoo? One, two, three headless birds lay. A bloodied message. Perhaps I've angered that crack whore again my face an effrontery to her grieving teeth. Hopeless envy, one, two, three, many hairy plots play in my mind. Who, why, captured, beheaded, stump-necked, head snapped clean off him. I stepped on a wing mounting, silver fingers worried the base of my skull. Where in this hellhole is she who is selling spells involving murder? Death wishes, surely. Sidewalks animate themselves, colors boldening. Yes, magic does this. Knife blade asked reality. Put your fur boots on. Look behind every window. She is watching you, planning more trinkets. Has war been declared? These tenderloin denizens hide my enemy. What is this voodoo? Must have pissed off one, two, three, Lord knows. Four dead birds. My friend Flash, there he is. That's Flash right there, sitting behind his his uh his um, shopping cart. Anyways, I used to park my motorcycle in the garage on that street, and he's right behind the Great American Music Hall on O'Farrell, I believe, in San Francisco. And that's Olive Street. I couldn't believe when I went to look over when I just was touring around on Google Maps, that Flash was still in the alleyway. So awesome. His regal neckline, all the, the angles all dignified, but Flash needs a bath. 
Oh, how I wanted to let him shower in mine. A good clean could mean a better mood for the street. The Olive Valley. Flash looked out for me. Flash guarded things when needed behind the great American. Raggedy Andy smiled bright like his name. Flash would twist off all his dreads and burn them. Bad luck, leaving your hair wild just for anyone to use against you. Sometimes the crazier men would kick Flash from his doorstep. He'd win it back soon. Be selling his street sheet, keeping Olive safe for drunken ramblers. Flash made my day. We shared smokes, lit his hair on fire, never shared a beer. This is my regret. If you see, if you see him, say hello. Tall, sunshiny Flash. Tell him I said hi. He'll know me, the chick with the pink motorcycle helmet. Stereo Wars. What kind of techno are you beating my floor with? That new Nashville rocks. Do not screw with me. You'll listen to the faces now and you'll like it. Upon hearing the Godfather theme blaring from an indiscernible location this morning. What? Who's playing this? The window shows no culprit. Pigeons, workers, bums, downstairs, upstairs, who? To sir or madam with love, you are a genius. Fiction. I love you. So thrilled to be married to you. Doesn't feel like chains at all. I forgive you, bruised, broken body parts, bad blood on my face and hands. Let's begin anew. Never be drunk together. Promise to be kind. Promise to talk deep, happily ever after, and not watch TV. And this is a picture of my husband, who is who actually is dead now, um, passed out on the floor <laughs> trying to get to bed after probably an evening out at the Utah in our apartment. Spark plugs. Fuck you, crackheads. Like, no, really. Fuck you. No, seriously. Fuck you. Fuck you, crackheads. Stop. Stop. Stop stealing my spark plugs. I'm going to put mini chainsaws on them so your hands get shredded next time you try. Yeah. Bloodied crackheads. <laughs> I know this guy, actually. He's very nice, but I put a picture of him there anyways. Kayla in the Tenderloin. Kayla, my friend, anthropomorphized her booze. Her lover, her man. Queen of Cups, Kayla. We'd go down together, why each shot was a dove flying soothingly in the gray with the pigeons. Her ex-junkie whore pains, her husband and children killed in a car wreck pains dotting the sky. Each shot a blank, each shot a memory, bye-bye. And why not? Kayla didn't deserve them. Cackles like deadbeat motors, insults pointed but never catty. We all need lifting. Play Janice! Kayla, the only one ever to say it. How long we knew she would go, we knew she would go. That's for Kayla, who did die. An open secret. Sigh, it was Rodney almost from the very start. Sat in his chair low, grinning at my side. Knew playing slave would thrill me. Shall I lean over to give him a kiss? The two not artists here in the bar. Two pairs of eyes shine. Two merrymakers open hearts for everyone and ears to listen. 
At Civic Center, Rodney performed. The whole bar shut down to see him. JoJo beamed, Kayla cried. Rodney was their own son, his grace their triumph. We cheered for the star of the mixed ability dance troupe, the drunken, mad the drunken band of the mad, sad, and socially destructive to know, hear, or see. Berkeley's elite torqued, well-mannered grimaces lit our tenderloin team. I smiled. This hero could only exist for real. We will dance later. So that's Rodney. <laughs> he lives in, he's in back in New Zealand now, but he is the first uh, disabled person ever to win the Isadora Duncan Award. So anyways, just want to shout out to Rodney. Oh, wait, that's not totally done. Anyways, three, a motorcycle mangled his legs at 20. His Maori chief father cried, my son, unfit now to, leave the, to lead the tribe. A wheelchair replaced the throne, or did it? Rodney'd flip his switch. We all do from time to time. And voila, we'd see the Maori prince, pie-eyed, emerge to survey and judge, oh yes, bitch, down his nose, dearie, at our bar time drinking. Mm -hmm. Bar date, bar time day drinking. Your thighs are too fat. I am the son of a king. That made Jojo mad. He asked for more beer, almost got one, that smile. Man, he worked that shit. I had to pretend to be his caregiver, present my ID, SSI ID fraud. Keep <coughs> over at Rodney's, bumps of blow, whiskey, delicious kissing. That man could use his fingers the best kind of way. An easy affair, unseen to an outsider. Nobody suspects the Tom Cattery of the boy in the wheelchair. I'd straddle his lap after clothes, We'd wait the four hours till open time, talking, yeah, and making out. Titters slurred throughout the old Tenderloin Boys Club. Those two met their match. Scooped up like a bride for a rattle ride down the hills, my nose in his neck, breezes at my back. I squealed like a ch child, heart caved in, roller coastering, roller coastering. Call me, he said, when you want to run away. Everybody knew. I needed to run. They knew where I was hiding too, in the open, dancing with Rodney, losing our heads together the best kind of way. So that's actually the building I lived in. Um, and this poem is called, So You Killed Yourself. Damn that July moon, it was surely swinging low, just like you below the belt, but always escalating, throwing up your wine and whiskey. You sang about how all this hurt came with my skirt, but it came from you. Or whatever jumps you when you jump me and your hands circle my fucking throat. I'd say you bowed out gracefully, but it cost me a bunch of money. Now it's all your blood on the floor. I suppose that's some kind of progress. Whoa. And holier for the suffering. Kayla to Jojo. She fits right in, doesn't she? I smile to myself. We at the bottom know all, and thus knowing, judge not. We can still be friends. It's why I belong here. No need for second skins, nor any pretense towards sanity, nay, even sobriety. No playing pretty, but I can don a silk dressing gown, mister, twirling a snifter, brim it up with bush. Yep, I'm a sociopath, stomping blues jukebox. I know you think it's like letting it all hang out, but it's more a flow, not like a river, a flower. Oh yeah, it's bad for me. 
home food like liver and onions. I dive in and swim, ankles stuck tight together, a ratchet mermaid, safe no matter where I roam, even kicked out of my own fucking home. I'm desperately grateful for this safe harbor. It's why I'm not dead. I know how it sounds, stressed not enough for belief, too much to be real. We at the bottom know freedom's just another word. We can still be friends. The Brown Jug, 1941 to 2016, continued. Detroit Mike arrived one day, fresh from Union Square, a pro bartender, Siciliano, with the temper it implies, and Iggy Pop love. My man took no shit, machismo and vodka cran. We ran the jukebox. Mike ran protection, as if singing were a crime. She's fine, let her be. Once he flipped on me, oh, we were a house on fire, but I knew the truth. This actually was my dinner one night with Snickers on <laughs> at the jug. Max hires some real duds in his day and the regs rally for me. Sure, I'll hire her, he says. I'll need DNA though, cause she'll need to prove she's not Kayla's daughter. And this is Max and Rodney and Jeff and Don. Don was um, on like a, he had like a oxygen machine that he carried around. And every time, Pam, I don't know if you ever saw how many times you saw an ambulance in front of fucking the brown jug in those days, but it was Don every time it was Don. He'd had like had a weird heart attack or stroke or whatever, but he just kept going. Max was the owner who would always put the Grateful Dead, um, this guy, he was the one who would always put the Grateful Dead songs on because he was too cheap to play short songs in the jukebox. <laughs> Larry's bought mocha and she's hid under the tables, bored out of her mind, barking when we stroll outside for a smoke. Can we go home now? She pouts. She cheers up soon because Kayla's got treats in her purse and the party's on. Jojo gives us coin to play her favorite songs. Some shit about people being crazy and pretty good at drinking beer. We are much obliged. There's a sing-along stomping, but in, but in Lurch's Doug, he's been fucking stabbed. We did it for Don, we did it for Doug, worry none for the family. Now there were three men in wheelchairs, cry, 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 or don't, cause they aren't. The wounded may or may not have been walking, but we were drinking, sinking or flying, escaping altogether, all safe in Jug. And so that's it. That's the end of the manuscript. <laughs> um, so yeah, here are my questions. I guess they're not. I'm I'm wordy today. I guess so. They're not. They're not as uh, crazy as they seem. Um, so the first question is: In the last scratch, there was general <laughs> discontent with the haiku form vis-a-vis -vis this material. In this batch, were there some that worked better as haikus? Uh, two, is the issue with haiku and this material the matter of some of these pieces developing longer narratives using that form? In other words, does it work better when it's only sketching a moment? And three, there's pieces about the story of the bar and then there's moments in the tenderloin. Were you seeing two kinds of content slash material that maybe don't fit together? Or do they seem to blend all right, haiku form problem notwithstanding? 
For instance, if I were to revise using other forms, like what you guys had suggested for the narrative stuff. And the last one is, after hearing it all, do you feel like it's an elegy of sorts to the neighborhood brown jug? Is it hefty enough to say that? So um, I guess we'll take maybe like- uh, Excuse me, uh, Aaron, would you repeat, repeat the third question again? Um, is it on this, it's, is, I don't know if it's on the screen or not. Is my screen still sharing? No, you're not sharing screen. Oh, oh God, I'm so sorry. That is my, that is so totally my bad. Um, here are the questions. Um, so what did you want the third one? I, I can read it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll take, I don't know, we'll take like four minutes and then we'll come back and then we'll talk and then we'll go to John. I'm gonna have a cigarette. <laughs> I feel like we should play some music. We're playing music here at Mutiny Radio. We're going to take a little four-minute break, and we're going to be back with all the helpful comments from CPCL on today's first Scratch Poet, Aaron Gannon. Until then, there's some copay.
time to come on back. All right. So what do we think? We can spend about seven minutes on this. And then we go to John. Good. <laughs> what do you guys think? Anyone jump in. And you can always put whatever you think in the comments. Yeah, okay, uh, Aaron, I'll just kind of go through. You want me to go through all, all, all of your questions? Um, it's up to you. Okay, um, let me just, just kind of go through all of them really quickly. Um, you know, the, the haiku form, again, you know, is pretty much what I said uh, uh, the last time is that, the, you know, it, it works okay here. Although, here, I'll turn my camera on so you can look at me. Although, when, when I look at a haiku, what I really want is I want some kind of surprise. And maybe in the maybe in the long narrative, you can't really keep that up with a surprise in, in, in each one. So possibly the high boon would be a better form for you where you mix crows and, and the haiku. Um, and again, does it work better? Yeah, it, it works better at describing a moment than it does in a long narrative. Um, talking about the neighborhood and, and the bar together, I think it kind of works together. Um, the thing I noticed in some of your sections is some of them held my interest more than other ones did. So the things with a strong image like Chucky the heroin addict or running over the pigeons with your with your with your motorcycle, uh, those really held my image. And maybe some of the other ones where you're just describing your feelings or you're describing somebody in a bar didn't hold my image so much. So possibly uh, the people in the bar could maybe instead of having their own sections could maybe comment on some of those other uh, some of those other uh, things that have more drama to them. Um, is it an analogy to the neighborhood? Yes, it is. <laughs> Anybody else want to go? <laughs> I agree. Well, I agree with some aspects of it. I really like that we get um, like some idea of what the speaker thinks. I think that's really important. I do think that perhaps um, like um, not sticking with the haiku form. I think either trying like other forms or organic forms or even free verse, like now that you're kind of in that rhythm, like of writing, I think that might um, help enhance, um, you know, having it outside of like a haiku sequence might be good. Um, just because like, I think it can be good to like get started writing. I also just um, think, you know, reimagining what you want the, or rather reflecting on what you want the audience to get out of these poems, right. I think might help give you like some direction, like for yourself on like what form might be the best right. um, for this. A lot of the earlier tenderloin haikus I didn't include because they're not, um, you know, there's sort of like sometimes about the cat. I actually just started using the haiku format to start writing poetry again while I was living in the neighborhood. And I tried to do one every day. <laughs> I, I even used to have a tenderloin, tenderloin haiku poetry page, like on Facebook or something. Like, I don't remember, like... And it was weird because other people decided to write haikus about the tenderloin. And I was like, uh, 
but yeah, so I it's weird because I sort of did know, I guess in my heart, that like when I started getting longer and longer with the form, that maybe it wasn't like there's only so much jacking of the form you can pull off, I think. You know what I mean? Like, and it's been a weird sort of journey with it. It's not like I've it's not my it, this isn't my dissertation. So like it's definitely a side project. But like I it's sort of I was like, oh, like am I is this really like fucking with the form in an effective way or is it just fucking with the form for no reason whatsoever just to have a form? You know what I mean? Like it's, that's, seems, it's just arbitrary. So yeah, like it's definitely good to hear you guys. I wasn't necessarily too surprised when people had, were like, ah, with a haiku. Well, the, so yeah. The Chucky story. Again, I think the high, I think the high boon would be a really good, really good form for you. You mix, you mix, uh, you know, you, you mix a, a bit of prose for the setup, and then you have the haiku to sort of, you know, ring the bell on the uh, thing that's really surprising mm -hmm. and really emotional. You know, I right. think that would work very well. I, I, yeah. I agree with Lisa in that the haiku format creates a rhythm that you that then when recreated works really well, and it's almost like ly lyrical song sounding. But specifically the Chucky story reads as a story regardless of what form it takes its place in that story yeah. is just it's great the rhythm i mean so the haiku format informs the rhythm which then informs the story which was was a really engaging story so i was all in on that one and i almost forgot that because <clears throat> i was listening i almost forgot that it was this haiku haiku format so i think that right. maybe even maybe because i'm closer to the topic it's because I live right. there that I, I don't know if like the, the haiku helps you when they are those little snapshots like John was talking about as if it was a Polaroid that was taken and the words are on top of that Polaroid and you see that image and that's like, whoa, right. but then it becomes as what Lisa said, it becomes a rhythmic device that you use right. that just forwards. It's like, I'm going here, I'm going there. Like, because some of those haikus were specifically forwarding the plot and they weren't necessarily there to be this beautiful imagery that of what haiku wants to evoke yeah but the storytelling that's in there regardless of its form it's it's really great stuff like i'm I'm 100% in. Even when you just obliquely mention a character I know what you're talking about but maybe because I live here so I'm <laughs> yeah, I agree. There's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of good, a lot of good human stories. I want a tenderloin Sustina. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I, I want it. That's like it's almost like I mean, living there is like it. That's I. I don't know. Like I will deliver you a tenderloin Sustina. I promise for the next session. Uh, Lisa, like, but it's so funny because it's so, because the Sestina is so, like, circular, right? Like, it's it's one of those things where it's, I can think of, like, 10 different sort of circular fucking things to do, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because when you're living around so much addiction, and addiction is really, really, really circular, like it, yeah, it really gets yeah, exactly. Like I um attached my favorite Sestina, the Mortician in San Francisco. Oh my God. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know if you've probably already read it, um, but. I don't think so, but it's possible. Everything's possible. I have fucking menopause brain, so uh, a lot of times I. And, and oh, Pantoon no, is another fun form. I like Pantoons a lot. It's another re- repeating form. Yeah. Also, triolets. Oh, my God. Just don't get me started on forms, guys. <laughs> You know, I just finished teaching a class and we're I, I was the only one that was using forms and like my my students were just like in the um like in the classes that were offered for like the you know what I mean, like the classes that were offered, mine was the only one that concentrated on form and like prosody. And like my students were total but see it was so funny because my students just I don't know why this is like um this, ha- this has happened. It's, I've taught this curriculum that I sort of invent- invented twice now. I always get this, the science kids who play, who are classically trained in an instrument. So it's so much better to talk to them about like scanning a poem because they understand it on the music reading level. You know what I mean? And so they, they get really excited about the forms, but I think it's funny. I, and I wonder if maybe my course description saying that I'm like gonna be focusing on prosody and scansion and forms is like why those specific the stem kids with classical music training are like attracted to it like I don't know it's just it's really weird but they're very they're mad for it like which is it which is great yeah totally like I get yeah so I had a lot of villanelles to fucking like yeah like I had to like we were working yeah so it was really fun but you know it's funny, like some people really get um, uptight about form, and I just think, ah, like, bah. you know what I mean? Like, why not? There's no, re- like, there's yeah. So, anyways, um, I believe that my time is up now. Um, I don't know if anybody has anything else to say. Does anybody else want to chime Thank in? Thank you for sharing your poem. <laughs> Thank so you. Good. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, no, really. Thank you. Like, it's cool. It's yeah. It's like, I think it's a very rewarding experience to be scratched. So. We got that itch that just needs to be scratched. Let us move to John and we can scratch John. Okay, so I'm I'm going to post. Do you need to share your screen? I don't think so. It's it's just a flash fiction piece. What I'll do is I'll post my uh, questions in the chat and read the piece aloud and then you can uh, have at it. Okay. So. Made you co-host anyways, just in case. Okay. Okay, there are the questions there, and uh, let's read the story. Called 1968. The American flag was a limp dish rag hanging from the eaves over the wooden porch in the August humidity. Frank Bianchi retrieved the day's sun times. Even with the living room fans, it was too hot for wine, so he drained a sweaty bottle of Miller and belched while glancing at the front page. The mayor wasn't going to let a mob of hippies and communists take over his town. He set the paper on the coffee table and switched on the Zenith TV for background noise while he made dinner. Anti-war protesters at the Democratic Convention dominated the news. Chicago police in sky-blue helmets with short-sleeved shirts filled the screen, so he changed the channel to Garfield Goose on WGN. 
a widower where he had only himself to cook for, but if he had to eat, it might as well be good. Frank wasn't sure about protests. If you asked him, the biggest crime was that they serve what they served on pasta these days. A real bolognese was more than hamburger and tomato. It was a creation of skill and patience, starting with sofrito, a mixture of minced onion, carrot, and celery. He set out his wooden cutting board. After years of use, the silver had worn from his chef's knife, but he still sharpened it on a wet stone every week. He halved an onion, then fingers of his left hand curled. He made three vertical cuts and one horizontal cut into each half before chopping them into quarter inch slices. He turned the cutting board 90 degrees and repeated to make the pieces smaller while ignoring the cacophony of Tom and Jerry cartoons in the background. Following a similar process, he minced the carrot and celery stock before adding the vegetables to the hot olive oil in a 14-inch pot. The recipe called for pancetta, but chopped bacon was good enough. Frank added this to the pot and stirred the fragrant mixture until the moisture evaporated from the vegetables and the bacon browned. If you wanted to save money, you could have used hamburger, but you'd get out of bolognese what you put into it. Frank added ground veal and ground pork he got from the butcher counter at Sal's. He stirred until the meat sizzled in its own fat. Some would drain it at this point, but the fat added a lot of flavor. Next, Frank poured in a cup of Chianti from a straw-wrapped bottle and took a few sips for himself. While the mixture reduced, he opened a tiny can of contadita tomato paste and cut himself on the lid. His blood strained the water crimson as he held his finger under the kitchen faucet. No creation comes without sacrifice. Probably add some flavor anyway. As for the tomato paste, store brands were a few pennies cheaper, but he liked the picture of the woman holding a basket of tomatoes on the Contadina label. He wrapped his injured finger in a paper towel and returned to the stove. When the wine evaporated, he added two tablespoons of the paste along with two cups of chicken stock. Not the bullshit from a bullion cube, but real stock made from simmering all the flavor out of the bones from last week's roast. He set the heat to low and left the mixture to simmer, returning every 10 minutes or so to stir with a wooden spoon. In a few hours, dinner would be ready in time for the Jonathan Winters show. Man, that guy was crazy. He returned to the living room and changed the channel to ABC in hopes of watching the Avengers. Sure, it would be a rerun, but he could watch Diana Rigg in her cat suit reading the phone book for hours. Instead of her and Patrick McNee in a bowler hat, he saw cops swinging clubs into protesters' heads. His son-in-law was a cop. On one of their rare get-togethers, he had said, they never tell you the whole story on the news. The story Frank saw wasn't good. Police kept swinging even after knocking kids to the ground. There were images of cops dragging long-haired kids, face bloodied into police vans. Reporters described how police beat them up too. Some politician at the convention denounced the police's Gestapo tactics. Even though Frank was no lip reader, there was no mistaking the mayor's inaudible reply of fuck you. Frank turned off the TV and tuned the console radio to WLS. He liked that DJ, Larry Lujak, 
A lot of young people's rock and roll was too noisy, but Mason Williams showed real musicianship on classical gas. Then Jose Feliciano sang a cover of Light My Fire. Man, that guy had a hell of a voice. And there you have it. So the questions for you are, did the story hold your interest? Why or why not? If, if not, where did you lose interest? Do you know the historical event this story refers to? Do you consider Frank an active protagonist who charts his own destiny? What should Frank have done? What would you have done in Frank's situation? How would someone write a story about your life? Should they? What is the conflict in the story? Do you enjoy conflict in real life? Do you enjoy it in fiction? Why? Thanks. All right, so we're gonna take about, ooh, I think we should take like five minutes to try to answer John's questions. I love all the Chicago references. Hey, Larry Lujak though, Steve Dahl all the way. Yeah, okay, I don't know, I, I just don't know. <laughs> I, still listen, I still listen to at least Steve Dahl. I'm like subscribed to his podcast, anyways. Yeah. Well, it's been years since I've since I've left, so are we supposed to answer now? <laughs> So we can answer. Yeah. Oh, okay. We can. Okay. So <clears throat> if you're planning on making a whole series of poems that also teach you how to cook, then I think all the cooking stuff is great. But otherwise, I think it's just, I don't know what it's adding. It, it, like I was, as I was, I was like, I was like, he's making a real recipe here. This is like a legitimate recipe but unless like if if there was a grouping of 50 of these and they were all poems like that but they also had like a really intricate recipe in them i would say holy crap you're a genius i want to buy this this sounds like the weirdest coolest poetry book i've ever heard of if this is just a standalone piece i find all of the kitchen jargon extraneous and that's not help helpful to forwarding unless it's like there's a greater metaphor that I missed with the precision of it or something but that was that was for what I felt about that I think that's really valid Pam um but I actually liked it especially when it was read aloud I thought it was really like um interesting I liked the active um the active voice that it forced the narrative to have. And I think that's an easy way to do it. I think it shows us like what um, what this character is. I forgot um, the protagonist's name, excuse me. Um, but like, just to go over the questions, I really liked it actually. It did hold my interest. Um, and I think it's talking about Rodney King, right? That's what I assumed. Am I wrong? I'm yes, right. Very, very wrong. Okay. Very wrong. I don't know anything. <laughs> like... Do we want to 
John, do you want to tell her or do you want me to? 68 is what am I? I just guessed because that happened. It's the 1968. So Rodney came from 1992. Oh. I mean, I knew that, but like, that's the only, like, I was thinking protests. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, well, it's, right. it's, an, it's an analogy in any case, right? It's an, an analogy. Yeah, I mean, I don't see what the point of hiding that or not telling the audience outright what the historical event is. I think that withholding that adds nothing, um, honestly. Um, well, although, is, I think John is probably like, that's, it's an interesting question that you asked, John, whether we know, because like, just, like to us, like to somebody Gen X, like we know the 68 Democrat, like there just was a movie out on Netflix with the guy from, what's that guy's name, Borat? Like what's his name, oh. Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah, it's the that, Chicago the trial. It's the trial about, and the, the reason there's a trial is because all of those people got arrested during the 68 convention. But it's when the hippies started like becoming violent in the United States and like revel like re like legit revolutionary groups started like doing things like bombing the capital of the United States. Like literally they, you know, the, the groups that grew out of being radicalized by this fucking protest here in Chicago led to groups planting bombs with like actually planting bombs into the Capitol, right? Wow. So like, so and they were called the Weather Underground, by the way, check them out. I did one of my senior theses on them in undergrad. But like, so I like, to me, like this is like, you know, like I know exactly what the fuck he's talking about and I know what mayor he's talking about. He's talking about Richard J. Daly's dad. Remember like <laughs> we had a Daly as the mayor before? His dad was the mayor back in the 60s. Right, so it's like a family, yeah. a Chicago family dynasty. Like they were responsible basically for getting Kennedy elected. Uh, there's a whole bunch of shit. Like, but anyways, so like it's weird to think like, cause I don't feel like that information is being withheld. So what I want to say or discuss is like, how did you feel like the information was being withheld? He said that the piece was called 1968. Sure, but I mean, that's fine. Like, I don't think, I just don't see why we can't name what happened more abruptly. Like, sure, you don't need to give it away, but he legitimately says, do you know what historical event this story refers to? So it's like, if you think that the audience would know, yeah, exactly. why not just say it? Like, is anything yeah, exactly, yeah. by not telling us outright? Right, 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 right. That's so interesting. Uh, yeah, excuse, excuse me a second here. I know I'm not usually not supposed to say something. No, about, no, no, no. We don't have a gag order. Because uh, <laughs> we're not workshopping. We're scratching. <laughs> here's a uh, second second paragraph. Anti-war protests at the Democratic Convention dominated the news. Okay. Okay. I think if I were reading that, I would have caught that. So thank you. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I consider Frank to be a interesting character. I don't know if I know if he charts his own destiny. Um, I don't think I would say so. I think he's kind of like watching the news. Um, and the conflict I got from this is the conflict between Frank and his family, but also Frank and society. So like, what does Frank think about these actions, I guess, is something that I wanted to know a little bit more about. I would agree. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Do you want to, are you, do you want to go through the rest of the questions, Lisa, or do you, should I go? Francis has his hand up. Who, oh, Francis, go. Hiya. Yeah. Um, Hiya. So, um, yeah, can I, can I ask you some questions, John? Yeah. Um, is it is um is that the whole is that the whole story? Is it a short story? Is that like self-contained and that's the entire thing? Yeah, it's the whole story. It's a flash fiction piece. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um, I guess my um, I've got to say is kind of relates to what's gone before in that um, I mean, I don't see the I don't I don't I didn't catch any conflict in the story. Uh, and so related to the question about you know the Frank's um, I'll just go back to that Frank's um, active yeah is is Frank active? Um, I don't really see what he's doing apart from making a recipe. Um, I mean, so I, I don't see where it works. Unless I miss something, he's, he's making uh, bald nays and watches TV. But nothing happens, so I don't see what the, what the conflict is. So I don't see what the story is. Because you know, if Jeff's ran out and he didn't, didn't make bald nays out of Gonga gas, and then something happened and he kind of couldn't, you know, he went out to get the gas and someone robbed his house or something like you know, like an escalation of events that he had to react to. He's watching TV and making like a recipe, which you know it, it reminds it, it seems more like um, it, as, as like like poetry, it kind of works. Um, and status quo, I, I mean, um, I think I've had lots of problems with this in my own kind of like fiction, um, so. Told that um, like writers sometimes get trapped into a writing status quo about the normal everyday kind of ordinary world that a character's in. You don't escalate into like you know, break it out of the ordinary world and anything happening. So that was my kind of feeling about it. Criticism yeah. that's been made against my writing many, many times. <laughs> I know if it has, but yeah. So, what were your questions for John? Yeah, well, the question was just to clarify whether that was that was the end of the piece or that was. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go through my answers to the questions. I gotta scroll up a little bit. Oh. Uh, the story did hold my interest um, because I'm from fucking Chicago and I know who Larry Lujak is, <laughs> like, for fuck's sake. Like, um, so, and as aforementioned, I did a paper on the Weather Underground, so I know about the 1968 convention, um, blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's why, <laughs> probably. <laughs> 
I'm not, I'm probably the ideal audience for this piece in that sense. Um, uh, so I did not lose interest. Also, I'm Sicilian. So like, there was no, there was no problems with like making balling days. Like I was down with like hearing about the fucking recipe and approving by the way of this recipe. Cause there's, you know, Sometimes I have problems with people's notions, especially in the UK, Bolognese recipes. Um, I know what historical event, we've answered that. I kind of felt like, in terms of Frank being an active protagonist, um, I, I, I did feel like it. Um, I felt like the entire bit about the recipe was sort of, of your way of saying that Frank was in charge because he was very freaking particular about his ingredients and how he was making his, um, his bolognese, his spag ball, as they call it over here. Um, I don't, I, 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 my curiosity is aroused by the fact that you've asked the questions about what Frank should have done and what would you have done in Frank's situation? My, my, I have a question for you in that sense because I want to know whether Frank is in Chicago because I don't see, like, what if he's in Chicago? Then, then that's one set of questions. That's like that. Then I have one set of answers. If he's not in Chicago, I have a different set of answers. Do you know what I mean? I, I assume he's in Chicago. You know, okay, he's listening. LS and you know he's watching. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. But he, I mean, but he could have been like out. I guess to me, it's like he could have been out in the suburbs or like. Uh, good point. Yeah, good he point. could have been Lombard for all I know. Like, but um, but like, I, I guess I don't know that I think Frank should have done. In that case, I'm not sure. I feel like Frank should have done anything. I I feel like um. To sort of. Re like reiterate uh, Lisa's comment, like what, I guess I want to know more about what act Frank actually thinks. Like there is about the situation, like it's easy to tell somebody that they should have, like for instance, in the 1992 Rodney King protests, Lisa, I was 50 minutes from LA and I wanted to fucking get there so bad to protest, but we had a curfew and 